If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. It's Adam again. Welcome to Sound Sleep. I am very excited to share that Sound Sleep, the premium feed, is now available. For less than $1 a week, you get bonus episodes, ad-free early releases, and you get to support this podcast. It's super simple and you can listen in your favorite podcast app. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe directly from the app. And if you're listening in any other podcast app, it just takes two taps, and you will be listening just as you are now, directly from your favorite podcast player. Head to soundsleeppodcast.com or look in the show notes for more information. I really hope you enjoy this week's story. If you'd like to tell me what you think, feel free to let me know with a review and a rating. Or send me a message on Instagram or in the Facebook group. Did you know listening to music can also contribute to relaxation by soothing the autonomic nervous system? The autonomic nervous system is part of your body's natural system for controlling autonomic or unconscious processes, including those within the heart, lungs, and digestive system. Music improves sleep through calming parts of the autonomic nervous system, leading to slower breathing, lower heart rate, and reduced blood pressure. I truly hope you enjoy the music in this episode. It was made specifically for us, using methods to promote deep sleep. Looking for even more stories to listen to and fall asleep with? Check out one of my favorites, Dreamful, 
Jordan has an amazing selection of the best stories and perfectly pairs them with music that she personally selects. You'll be snoozing in no time to Pride and Prejudice. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Or you could easily get hooked on her 12-part Constellation series. Check out Dreamful wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Coach Me Greg. If you're like me, you have a lot of big ideas and plans. You want to be productive and get fulfillment out of your life. And if you're like me, you may feel like sometimes you need a little help to be your best, to keep you on target and motivated so you can achieve what you set out to do. So if you're like me, well, then you should go to coachmegreg.com. I've received tremendous value from working with Greg. He's easy to talk with, and there's no judgment. I can count on him to help me find the best solution and schedule. He makes everything very easy, and I find it very helpful to have someone I can trust working with me and rooting for me as I try to get the most out of life that I can. Go to coachmegreg.com. Schedule your free consultation today. Take a moment to get comfortable and tune your awareness into your breath. Feel a sense of expansion on each inhale and a feeling of release on every exhale. Really allow yourself to notice the sensations that are associated with your breath. If thoughts come and go, that's totally fine. Don't judge yourself. Just allow them to pass and turn your attention back to your breath and to the words you are hearing. Take a deep breath filling your ribcage, feeling the expansion, and when you are ready, exhale with a sigh. As we begin our story, continue with a few more deep breaths, preparing your mind and body to be ready for a peaceful and sound sleep.
who wanted more cheese. Klaus van Bommel was a Dutch boy, 12 years old, who lived where cows were plentiful. He was over five feet high, weighed a hundred pounds, and had rosy cheeks. His appetite was always good, and his mother declared his stomach had no bottom. His hair was of a color halfway between a carrot and a sweet potato. It was as thick as reeds in a swamp and was cut level from one ear to another. Klaus stood in a pair of timber shoes that made an awful rattle when he ran fast to catch a rabbit or scuffed slowly along to school over the brick road of his village. In summer, Klaus was dressed in a rough blue linen blouse. In winter, he wore woolen breeches as wide as coffee bags. They were called bell trousers and in shape were like a couple of cowbells turned upwards. These were buttoned onto a thick, warm jacket. Until he was five years old, Klaus was dressed like his sisters. Then, on his birthday, he had boys' clothes with two pockets in them, of which he was proud enough. Klaus was a farmer's boy. He had rye bread and fresh milk for breakfast. At dinner time, beside cheese and bread, he was given a plate heaped with boiled potatoes. Into these, he first plunged a fork and then dipped each round white ball into a bowl of hot melted butter. Very quickly then did potato and butter disappear down the red lane. At supper, he had bread and skim milk, left after the cream had been taken off with a saucer to make butter. Twice a week, the children enjoyed a bowl of bonny clobber or curds, with a little brown sugar sprinkled on the top. But at every meal, there was cheese, usually in thin slices which the boy thought not thick enough. When Klaus went to bed, he usually fell asleep as soon as his shock of yellow hair touched the pillow. In summertime, he slept till the birds began to sing at dawn. In winter, when the bed felt warm and Jack Frost was lively, he often heard the cows talking in their way before he jumped out of his bag of straw, which served for a mattress. The Van Bommels were not rich, but everything was shining clean. There was always plenty to eat at the Van Bommels' house. <laughs>
stacks of rye bread, a yard long and thicker than a man's arm, stood on end in the corner of the cool, stone-lined basement. The loaves of dough were put in the oven once a week. Baking time was a great event at the Van Bommels, and no men folks were allowed in the kitchen on that day, unless they were called in to help. As for the milk pails and pans filled or emptied, scrubbed or set in the sun every day to dry, and the cheeses piled up in the pantry, they seemed sometimes enough to feed a small army. But Klaus always wanted more cheese. In other ways, he was a good boy, obedient at home, always ready to work on the cow farm, and diligent in school. But at the table, he never had enough. Sometimes his father laughed and asked him if he had a well or a cave under his jacket. Klaus had three younger sisters, Kate, Annie, and Sally. These, their fond mother, who loved them dearly, called her orange blossoms. But when at dinner, Klaus would keep on dipping his potatoes into the hot butter while others were all through. His mother would laugh and call him her buttercup. But always, Klaus wanted more cheese. When unusually greedy, she twitted him as a boy. Worse than butter and eggs, that is, as troublesome as the yellow and the white plant called toad flax is to the farmer. Very pretty, but nothing but a weed. One summer's evening, after a good scolding, which he deserved well, Klaus moped and almost crying went to bed in bad humor. He had teased each one of his sisters to give him her bit of cheese, and this, added to his own slice, made his stomach feel as heavy as lead. Klaus's bed was up in the garret. When the house was first built, one of the red tiles of the roof had been taken out, and another one made of glass was put in its place. In the morning, this gave the boy light to put on his clothes. At night, in fair weather, it supplied air to his room. A gentle breeze was blowing from the pine woods on the sandy slope not far away. So Klaus climbed up on the stool to sniff the sweet piney odors. He thought he saw lights dancing under the tree. One beam seemed to approach his roof hole, and coming nearer, played round the chimney. Then it passed to and fro in front of him. 
it seemed to whisper in his ear as it moved by. It looked very much as if a hundred fireflies had united their cold light into one lamp. Then Klaus thought that the strange beams bore the shape of a lovely girl, but he only laughed at himself at the idea. Pretty soon, however, he thought the whisper became a voice. Again, he laughed so heartily that he forgot his moping and the scolding his mother had given him. In fact, his eyes twinkled with delight when the voice gave this invitation. There's plenty of cheese. Come with us. To make sure of it, the sleepy boy now rubbed his eyes and cocked his ears. Again, the light bearer spoke to him. Come. Could it be? He had heard old people tell of the ladies of the wood that whispered and warned travelers. In fact, he himself had often seen the fairies ring in the pine woods. To this, the flame lady was inviting him. Again and again, the moving, cold light circled round the red tile roof, which the moon, then rising and peeping over the chimneys, seemed to turn into silver plates. As the disk rose higher in the sky, he could hardly see the moving light that had looked like a lady, but the voice, no longer a whisper as at first, was now even plainer. There's plenty of cheese. Come with us. I'll see what it is anyhow, said Klaus, as he drew on his thick woolen stockings and prepared to go downstairs and out without waking a soul. At the door, he stepped into his wooden shoes. Just then, the cat purred and rubbed up against his shins. He jumped, for he was scared. But looking down for a moment, he saw the two balls of yellow fire in her head and knew what they were. Then he sped to the pine woods and towards the fairy ring. What an odd sight. At first, Klaus thought it was a circle of big fireflies. Then he saw clearly that there were dozens of pretty creatures, hardly as large as dolls, but as lively as crickets. They were as full of light as if lamps had wings. Hand in hand, they flitted and danced around the ring of grass as if this was fun. Hardly had Klaus got over his first surprise. Then of a sudden, he felt himself surrounded by the fairies. 
Some of the strongest among them had left the main party in the circle and come to him. He felt himself pulled by their dainty fingers. One of them, the loveliest of all, whispered in his ear, Come, you must dance with us. Then a dozen of the pretty creatures murmured in chorus, Plenty of cheese here, plenty of cheese here, come, come. Upon this, the heels of Klaus seemed as light as a feather. In a moment, with both hands clasped in those of the fairies, he was dancing in high glee. It was as much fun as if he were at the Kermis, with a row of boys and girls, hand in hand, swinging along the streets, as Dutch maids and youth do during Kermis week. Klaus had not time to look hard at the fairies, for he was too full of the fun. He danced and danced all night, and until the sky in the east began to turn, first gray and then rosy. Then he tumbled down, tired out, and fell asleep. His head lay on the inner curve of the fairy ring, with his feet in the center. Klaus felt very happy for he had no sense of being tired. And he did not know he was asleep. He thought his fairy partners, who had danced with him, were now waiting on him to bring him cheeses. With a golden knife, they sliced them off and fed him out of their own hands. How good it tasted! He thought now he could, and would, eat all the cheese he had longed for all his life. There was no mother to scold him, or daddy to shake his finger at him. How delightful! But by and by, he wanted to stop eating and rest a while. His jaws were tired. His stomach seemed to be loaded with cannonballs. He gasped for breath. But the fairies would not let him stop. For Dutch fairies never get tired. Flying out of the sky, from the north, south, east, and west, they came, bringing cheeses. These they dropped down around him, until the piles of the round masses threatened first to enclose him, as with a wall, and then to overtop him. There were the red balls from Edom, the pink and yellow spheres from Gouda, and the gray loaf-shaped ones from Leiden. Down through the vista of sand 
in the pine woods, he looked, and oh, horrors. There were the tallest and strongest of the fairies, rolling along the huge, round, flat cheeses from Friceland. Any one of these was as big as a cartwheel and would feed a regiment. The fairies trundled the heavy discs along as if they were playing with hoops. They shouted hilariously as with a pine stick they beat them forward like boys at play. Farm cheese, factory cheese, Alkmaar cheese, and to crown all, cheese from Limburg, which Klaus never could bear because of its strong odor. Soon, the cakes and balls were heaped so high around him that the boy, as he looked up, felt like a frog in a well. He groaned when he thought of the high cheese walls were tottering to fall on him. Then he screamed, but the fairies thought he was making music. They, not being human, do not know how a boy feels. At last, with a thick slice in one hand and a big hunk in the other, he could eat no more cheese. Though the fairies, led by their queen, standing on one side or hovering over his head, still urged him to take more. At this moment, while afraid that he would burst, Klaus saw the pile of cheeses as big as a house topple over. The heavy mass fell inwards upon him. With a scream of terror, he thought himself crushed as flat as a Friceland cheese. But he wasn't. Waking up and rubbing his eyes, he saw the red sun rising on the sand dunes. Birds were singing, and the cocks were crowing all around him in chorus, as if saluting him. Just then, also the village clock chimed out the hour. He felt his clothes. They were wet with dew. He sat up to look around. There were no fairies, but in his mouth was a bunch of grass, which he had been chewing lustily. Klaus never would tell the story of his night with the fairies. Nor has he yet settled the question whether they left him because the cheese house of his dream had fallen, or because daylight had come.